Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one, eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Well, let's look around. Today we get a report from uh, Bill Malugin and Fox, who looks at the most recent statistics from the uh, Border Patrol. Records show there have been fifty people on the terrorist screening database arrested by the Border Patrol. Since October 1st, that is the beginning of the federal calendar with four months left, 50. Now, in 2017, there were two. 2018, there were six. 2019, there were three. 2023, 2021, Biden's first year, 16. And eight months into this fiscal year, there have been 50, 50 terrorists that have been captured. Now, there have been almost half a million gotaways this year already. Gotaways meaning people who got through who we know nothing about. And you have to assume that a certain number of those gotaways are terrorists. And you have to assume that terrorists, being evil, see that we have a porous border and know that now is the time to strike. That is, to get through that border. We talk about defunding the police, that that's what the left did, and that's what the left wanted to do, and it's true. They lie and they try and deny it, but they still do it. When you have cop the cops... You're basically defunding them through the back door. Well, that's exactly what's been going on with the Border Patrol and ICE. They are defunding 
our national security, our border security, by imposing on these brave men and women the inability to protect this country and secure the border. There's a clause in the Constitution under Article 2 called the Take Care Clause. And there's a plenty of Supreme Court precedent on this point. The Take Care Clause compels, compels the President of the United States and the people who he supervises, that would be the Attorney General, the Secretary of DHS, and the rest of them, to enforce existing law, whether they agree with it or not. That's the take care clause under the Constitution. It's a very, very important clause. It's way up there in the beginning of Article 2 because that's the job of the executive branch. Not Congress. Not the courts. To enforce the law. Equally, justly, but to enforce the law. When it comes to the border, this administration has been violating the law. The Attorney General of the United States has been violating the law. And the Department of Homeland Security has been violating the law. Of course they should all be impeached. Fifty known terrorists have attempted to cross into the country. Almost 500,000 gotaways just since October. Which means by the end of the year, there'll be six, seven, 750,000 people who came into the United States illegally, whose identity is completely unknown. Biden holds to his refusal to complete the wall. They refuse to enforce the law. They refuse to provide additional backup to the overwhelmed Border Patrol. This is all a plan. This is all a plot. So why is the border wide open? Why is the border wide open? I think Biden, the Democrat Party, the media, mediaite, media matters, Joe Scarborough, and the other slime out there, have a responsibility to tell us. Why is the border wide open with fentanyl flooding into this country, killing 110,000 people last year? Unbelievable. With the sex trafficking of little kids, little girls, and boys going on on the southern border like we've never heard of before. Where are the television cameras? Where are all these kids, 110,000 of them? Biden won't let the cameras near them. You hear any squawking about that from the Washington Post or the New York Times? No, no, no. They're too busy chasing down Ginny Thomas and her emails. Nothing. Really, only Fox is doing the coverage. This Bill Malusian deserves every kind of journalism award that exists. He's carrying the coverage on his shoulders. Well, these other media outlets, these corporatists, are censoring the reality of what's taking place on the border. 
And I would tell the people in Texas, this guy, Beto O'Rourke, he supports this. He wants to be your governor. He supports it. He hasn't spoken out in any sustained or effective way against what's taking place here. So Joe Biden is never going to secure the border any more than he's ever going to allow the kind of drilling and refining and production and development of fossil fuels that are needed for this country's well-being. He's out there pushing the hardest of the hard left agenda when it comes to destroying the nuclear family, destroying the classroom, indoctrinating and brainwashing your young children about the most radical... Now, now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, drag queens are in. The idiot mayor of New York, Mr. No Law Enforcement, he says today that, yes, drag queens should be in every school. Drag queens. Drag queens. Transgenderism. Pornographic books in the library. They're turning our schools into a cesspool of perversion, of pornography, of filth, of immorality. They're turning our our public schools, our kids' classrooms into a grotesque hodgepodge of radicalism. And they're doing it fast, and they don't much care what the American people think or want. From the border, to the classroom, to the media. They won't enforce the law. They're tearing down this country's culture. They're tearing down this country's governmental system. Meanwhile, they're focused on January 6th. And their pursuit of politics through January 6th is in and of itself destructive of our constitutional system and construct. Joe Biden tonight is in Rehoboth Beach, Wilmington, and an estate he has on the beach. How does a man who serves in the United States Senate for 36 years, two years later he's vice president, and now he's in the Oval Office, how does a man acquire that kind of wealth? That he has several mansions totaling in the millions of dollars. Because he's a crook. The whole family's crooked. Corrupt. As far as I'm concerned. Over $30 million from foreign governments and foreign front groups. This is what you get with the Democrat Party. This is what you get with a Democrat Congress and a Democrat in the Oval Office. Yesterday, I went through a list of all these radical leftist Democrats, from Biden to Pelosi and many, many others, who have thwarted school choice, especially for people who can't afford it. 
let me be clear, for blacks, Hispanics, and other minorities, but also poor white people who can't afford an alternative to their rotten, lousy local public school. While all of them send their kids to Tony private schools, and several of them themselves attended Tony private schools. The Obamas did exactly that. They killed the school choice scholarship program in Washington, D.C., where he must have received nearly 100% of the vote, while his kids went to private school in Washington, D.C. This open border is a disaster. And if it's not about trying to change the demography of the country, then the Democrats, their surrogates in the media, their Soros operatives and the rest, have a responsibility to explain to us what they're up to. Because this is intentional. And nobody, nobody, with any common sense supports it, except the most radical Democrats and the most radical morons who follow the Democrats. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Terrific show this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Life, Liberty, and Levin. Um, I think you're going to be very, uh, very, uh, what should I say, intrigued by my opening statement Two guests, great guests. Dagan McDowell, who I've never met before. She really is uh, a firebrand on the economy. And uh, Representative Victoria Sparks, who is the only elected Ukrainian in the House of Representatives. And she was a legal migrant here in 2000, became a U.S. citizen in 2006. And 15 years later, she's serving in the House of Representatives. So we will talk with the two of them, and it's fascinating. I think you're going to love it. I really do. If you can't watch live, I hope you will, uh, you know, DVR the program now if you can. All right, total illegal immigrants, just the news. Total illegal migrants crossing the border under Biden is greater than the population of 23 states in the United States. In the first five months alone, 
more than one million had been encountered and or apprehended entering the country illegally. Biden has says the border is closed and the federal immigration laws are being enforced. Folks, Biden is a reprehensible serial liar. But since Biden took office, more than three million people, three million, over three million, have been encountered and apprehended entering the U.S. illegally from over 150 countries. According to Customs and Border Patrol data, and that number doesn't include so-called gotaways. Gotaways. People who illegally evade capture. Over three million, and it doesn't include gotaways. The Border Patrol doesn't report the number of gotaways publicly, but Border Patrol agents who spoke to the Center Square said they total more than one million since Biden took off, setting the total number of border crossings at more than four million since Biden became president. Four million, more than four million in 17 months. And in 17 months, those entering the U.S. illegally total more than the individual populations of 23 states, Puerto Rico, and the District of Columbia. Of the most populous of these 23 states, those entering illegally since Biden took office total slightly more than Oklahoma's population of 4 million, more than Connecticut's 3.5 million, more than Utah's 3.3 million, more than Nevada's 3.3 million. In the first five months of this year alone, more than one million people have been encountered and or apprehended entering the U.S. illegally. They total total more than the individual populations of Delaware, South Dakota, North Dakota, Alaska, the District of Columbia, Vermont, and Wyoming. The number encountered or apprehended in May 2022, just May, was 240,000. A new monthly record high. That's after a previous record high in the previous month. The last two months alone equals roughly the size of the population of Wyoming being encountered entering the country illegally. And the majority of them have been released into the United States, including a record number of unaccompanied minors. And this is in addition to another estimated more than one million gotaways, those who've made their way into the U.S. evading capture. This is anarchy this is a disaster this is why hispanic americans are voting in bigger and bigger numbers for republicans folks it's no secret that americans are more divided than ever and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country no it's over whether america is great at all whether america deserves our love that's why in primus Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. 
To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, the same Democrats who are running the January 6th committee are the Democrats who are destroying our border, destroying our classrooms, push Russia collusion, who are destroying our traditions in this country. And of course, they're destroying the Constitution while pretending to defend it. And you're on to them. I think a lot of the arguments that have been made on this program, the constitutional arguments, other legal arguments, process explanations, are beginning to have a very positive impact on the body politic. NBC, Natasha Karecki and Adam Edelman. Impeachment number three, January 6th panel isn't swaying these swing state Republicans. For some in politically volatile Washoe County, Nevada, the committee has hardened partisan views, spawned more conspiracies, or deepened fealty toward Trump. Of course, anybody who doesn't agree with the media and the left apparently is a conspiracy theorist. Reno, Nevada, Republican voters in Nevada were aware Tuesday the January 6th committee was building a public case that Donald Trump due to the election was stolen. Tell me, tell me, how come nobody ever talks about how the Democrats knew there was no Russia collusion? They saw some of the committee's new video footage of violence at the Capitol, writes NBC. Reprehensible, said one voter. Disgusting, said a second. It is everybody angry, said a third. It wasn't the news hanging outside the Capitol that upset them. It was the chance of hang Mike Pence or the testimony of the president's former attorney general. Instead, it was Washington politicians and the media establishment, several voters interviewed said, who they saw as trying to stack the deck against former President Trump. And of course, they're right. Only NBC News is unaware of this, I suppose. It might as well be impeachment number three for Donald Trump, said Judy Cameron, a Reno retiree who had just voted in Nevada's Republican primaries on Tuesday with her husband. This is their big push to get Donald Trump off the ballot. NBC News talked to more than two dozen voters in both Washoe and Clark counties, the two most populous in Nevada, and found that the January 6th committee hearings that captivated Washington not only failed to persuade these voters, but pushed them in the opposite direction. Among the sampling of Republicans includes... In Washoe, the, sw- the swingiest county in one of the nation's swingiest states, it is hard and partisan views, spawn more conspiracies, or deepen fealty toward Trump. The unpersuaded voters underscore the near impossibility that the committee, no matter how stunning the new evidence they unearthed appeared to be, will be able to persuade a segment of voters who remain unmoved. Just listen to this. The committee's members have acknowledged they're unlikely to move many Trump loyalists and instead have set their lower goals 
like trying to convince enough moderates to sign on to overhauling the Electoral Count Act to remove loopholes. Their loftier goals, like convincing the Department of Justice to indict Trump, don't require voter support. Now, I want you to think about this second. And by the way, Trump voters say they see through the effort as purely political, and they, of course, are 100% right. Uh, these two goons dressed up as journalists would understand that, which is exactly why Pelosi picked everyone on the committee, and Pelosi is not being questioned about January 6th. Now, that aside, there is pushback. We're not stupid. We see that there's two sets of laws, two sets of prosecutions. One happens, one doesn't. We know exactly what's going on. Positions haven't hardened. We see what's going on. We see what's going on with a threat against a Supreme Court justice. We see what's going on when Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Biden, the access of evil, say nothing. Nothing. To this day, nothing. We see what happens when Schumer threatens two Supreme Court justices and urges. He urges their violent mob. He threatens them with his violent mob. And we see nothing happens to him. Nothing. We see that Jamie Raskin excused violent riots in the 90s. We see it. We see that members of this committee, including the chairman, including Raskin, sought to prevent two Republicans from being supported by the Electoral College for President of the United States, even though they won. We know. Senate, I mean, excuse me, in the House, two impeachments, pushing for a special counsel to investigate Trump with any, without any predicate, We've seen the Democrats in the House, not one hearing on Hunter Biden, not one hearing on Joe Biden, not one hearing on the wealth of this family, not one demand for taxes, because in truth, all their taxes haven't been released. Nothing. We even see now where his daughter a few years back, in her diary, no wonder they want that diary. Biden must have said, you better get that damn diary. Talks about showering with her father. I'm a father, I never showered with my daughter. Wouldn't even have thought of it. This is a sick family, this Biden family. It is a perverse family working their way through politics in the Oval Office and so forth. But back to this January 6th. The Republicans reject these kind of Stalinist show trials. The Democrats are exercising them more and more and more. We see the lawlessness again. That's the point of the hour. We see it when it comes to immigration. We see it when it comes to this January 6th committee, what a setup it is. 
what a railroad job it is, where Bill Barr wasn't cross-examined, where Michael Ludig wasn't cross-examined. Now I see the press says he was an informal advisor to Mike Pence. He wasn't even that. And there he is, the center witness. No. Donald Trump said, I want equal time. He says he wants equal time. Seems pretty fair to me, doesn't it, to you? Equal time because this is an entire effort to smear him and everybody around him and to and have criminal charges brought. They have no basis for criminal charges. I, I want to emphasize something as a footnote here because there's so much going on. Whatever your views, Donald Trump had absolutely the right through his surrogates or directly to try and influence Republican legislatures to take a look at what took place in those elections. Or to even encourage them to set another, send another set of electors. There's nothing that prevents that. Democrats have been doing that for years. And in fact, we have left-wing Democrat professors who have even proposed that. Proposed it against Trump in 2016. So let's be clear about that, number one. Number two, it's not clear at all. I don't care if the lawyer's name is Jacobs or Ludig or whatever. What the vice president can or cannot do. But it seems to me, whether the name is Pence or Gore or whomever, the name is irrelevant. You take an oath to uphold the Constitution. If you become aware that a state legislature has violated the law, or even worse, violated the federal constitution, which clearly is related to what's taking place in that chamber. It seems to me you're not required to go along with it. If a vice president doesn't think that happened, that's one thing. But as I keep saying, and have been saying, if there's an example of illegality or example of fraud that's significant, Let me give you an example. Maybe I've been a little too scholarly about this. Let me give you a basic example. If during the course of an election, a state legislature, let's make this a law exam question for everybody. A state legislature, let's say it's a Republican state legislature. Let's say it votes And it says only Republican electors can possibly be sent to Congress. Only Republicans, that is, no Democrat electors can be sent. Article 2 empowers the legislatures to set the rules for voting. Would that be okay? No. Why? Because it violates another part of the Constitution called the Equal Protection Clause. Okay, fine. But they do it anyway. And somehow, those electors wind up with the archivist who sends them in the big envelope with the other electors to be voted on. 
Under the 12th Amendment, as Ludig and others argue, the vice president has no choice whatsoever. Just assuming that under this Election Count Act of 1887, that there aren't enough objections and opposition to counting them. And I could get more into weeds, but there's no point. Would the Vice President of the United States, as the President of the Senate, be required to accept those votes, Mr. Producer? What do you say, law professors? What do you say, Judge Ludig? What do you say, Attorney Jacobs, or whatever his name is? What do you say? Is that okay? Because based on your arguments, the answer is yes, he'd be required. I understand this is a hypothetical, but that's the way it goes. It's the way these tests work. So the Vice President of the United States, according to their theory, not the Constitution itself, but according to their theory, despite swearing an oath to the Constitution, would be compelled to allow those votes and count those votes, even though he knows it violates the federal constitution. That can't be right. That can't be right. Twelfth Amendment doesn't enshrine unconstitutionality. So you got to use common sense. Now, common sense would tell you, of course, he can call that into question. Right? Well, the Vice President of the United States becomes aware that a Democrat-elected Supreme Court in Pennsylvania and a Democrat-elected governor and a Democrat-elected Secretary of State have changed the election laws right up to Election Day to benefit the Democrat Party in violation of Article 2. The state legislature objects but they're overruled by that court and they're overruled by the governor's administrative actions. Are those electors required to be counted or can the vice president say, you know, let's take a week and take a look at it. That's what John Eastman was saying. And for that, they want to hang him by his feet. But that seems to me the more correct position, doesn't it to you? But my bottom line point is, nobody knows. Because the Constitution doesn't say. So you're going to indict a president of the United States saying he knew he couldn't do these things based on his advice from Bill Barr and others? Therefore, he was leading a coup and obstructing an election? The very same people pushing Russian collusion? Come on, folks. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. 
For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Is no place safe from culture rot in this country? We have a Senate panel, the Armed Services Committee, and uh, they voted to pass a bill, 23 to 3, of the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act. That's the annual bill that sets policy for the Department of Defense. And it calls for $45 billion more than Biden has. Biden is frivolously spending the money out of the Department of Defense. He sees the buildup of communist China. He sees the buildup of Iran. He's assisting it. He sees North Korea shooting rockets left and right. And, of course, he sees what Russia's been up to. And that's just the beginning. And despite all that's taken place in the last three months, he didn't propose adding anything since then. So they vote 23 to 3 to muscle up the Defense Department. But here's the problem. What else did they vote to do? Require women to register for the draft. The Republicans sunk it last year, but it made it through the committee over the objections of Senators Josh Hawley, Tom Cotton, Roger Wicker, who were joined by Marco Rubio, James Lankford, Roger Marshall, Cindy Hyde-Smith, John Boozman, Steve Daines, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, and Jim Reich. But it didn't matter. It's in the bill. It's in the bill. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I've been told... The KSFO is running a fantastic promotion of this program on the air, and I want to thank them and all the others that do exactly the same. Um, Some do better than others, of course, but that's very, very kind of them. Chad Pergram has tweeted the following. Fox confirms that group of persons associated with the late show and Stephen Colbert were arrested last night and charged with illegal entry to the House office building after hours. 
Fox is told the people were arrested in the Longworth House office building. The group was in the Cannon House office building earlier in the day trying to get interviews around the time of the January 6th committee hearing. However, the United States Capitol Police shooed them away because they did not have proper press credentials. However, the group surfaced later that night after the Capitol complex was closed to the public. Fox is told they took pictures and video around the offices of House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Lauren Boebert. They were unescorted and arrested and charged with illegal entry. They were arrested near Boebert's office. They were released overnight. Fox has confirmed the arrests of these nine persons through a senior House source. Names, and these are people at a high level associated with Colbert and his program, Jake Plunkett, Allison Martinez, Tyrone Dean, Stephen Roman, Nicolette Green, Brenda Hurley, Robert Schmizel, nice, Josh Commerce, and David Feldman. Robert Schmigel is known for being the voice of Triumph, the insult comic dog. He also produced short cartoons for Saturday Night Live's TV Funhouse. The United States Capitol Police have issued the following statement on June 16, 2022. At approximately 8.30 p.m., U.S. Capitol Police received a call for a disturbance in the Longworth House office building. USSP responding officers observed seven individuals unescorted and without congressional ID in a sixth floor hallway. You know, imagine this. With all the the frightening activity going on, and this guy Colbert, who's the worst of the worst, he's a hack, sends his people into the Capitol building, violates the law, as these people do. The building was closed to visitors, and these individuals were determined to be part of a group that had been directed by the United States Capitol Police to leave the building earlier in the day. They were charged with unlawful entry. This is an active criminal investigation and may result in additional criminal charges after consultation with the U.S. attorney. Well, the U.S. attorney's a hack, so uh, time will tell. But I presume that they will be treated like the men and women who, quote unquote, trespassed and were parading on the Capitol grounds, except this is worse. They breached the security and remained in the Capitol building. Why were they released? I'm not joking. There's no joke. There's no joke, Colbert, you jerk, you fraud, you phony. Why were these people released? Seven of them, if not all nine of them, should still be in a D.C. jail. They knowingly breached the building. It doesn't matter, does it, if they were violent? It doesn't matter, does it, if they were in fact peaceful? It doesn't matter, does it, if they were in there 19 seconds or 19 minutes or 19 hours? Now, I assume there's video of this. Will the video be released to the public? And if it is, will the media show it? Because as we all know, Colbert is in the 
Nancy Pelosi, New York Times, Washington Compost, Schumer camp. He's a fraud. He's not a comic. He's a joke. So they breached the building. They were in there illegally. They were causing a disturbance. It's obvious. They were trying to harass Republican members of Congress, get them on film, make a joke out of the whole thing, and so forth. And the irony, of course, is they were trying to relate it to January 6th. But there they are on January 17th and 18th. Excuse me, June 17th and 18th. Having breached the Capitol security. Colbert, what a pathetic joke. So these people were associated with, worked for, most of them, the late show with Stephen Colbert. They were arrested last night. Illegal entry to the House office building after hours. Now, I would ask these judges in Washington, D.C., when these cases are presented to you, what are you going to do about it? I would ask the U.S. Attorney's Office. I would ask the Criminal Division of the Justice Department, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about this? You're about to find out, folks. You're about to find out what rotten wreck thinks these people are in so-called law enforcement in Washington, D.C. You're about to find out. So rather than send SWAT teams in to bring these people in to face the music, they release them. No doubt in consultation with the U.S. Attorney's Office, who's trying to build a case against the former president of the United States. What the hell's happening to this country? What's going on in this country? Anyway, there you have it, folks. Norman Eisen is a former special counsel of the first impeachment trial. He's a buffoon. He's a partisan hack. I think he's a professor. Who cares? But he's decided he's seen enough, ladies and gentlemen. He's seen enough. Doesn't matter what anybody has to say contrary to this Stalinist committee. And there he is on CNN today, and nobody has the guts or the intelligence or the desire to take on this clown. Cut three, go. I do think the evidence has been mounting for likely criminal prosecution of the former president and perhaps others, including John Eastman. You know, we have... Listen to this. Listen to this. A man is giving advice to the president of the United States. A man is looking at the Constitution, a former professor himself or a current professor trying to discern what the 12th Amendment means and the various authorities. He's an advocate for the President of the United States. President of the United States himself takes a look at this and wants the challenges to take place, and that's now criminal. Criminal. The same jackasses who pushed Russia collusion, and I asked this the other day, and it's worth repeating, which is this. What's the difference between preventing someone to be president or after they're elected president, trying to remove them from the presidency? 
Norman Eisen. Norm, Norm, come upstairs and make sure you put your pants on, Norm. It's dinner time. Frank, what have we created here in this Norm? Such a schlemiel, such a schmuck. Go ahead. We had initially two hearings that were dedicated to the proposition of proving, and they did There prove. you go. He's just a parrot. Yeah, we had two hearings dedicated to the proposition that, uh, you know, all Americans are not equal. And when you add up no factual basis, no legal basis, powerful proof, yes, that deepens the criminal exposure that, as we also heard yesterday, a federal judge has already said is likely for Trump and Eastman. There's a federal judge by the name of Carter in central California, a radical kook appointed by Obama, who should be removed from the bench for what he has said about a likely criminal conspiracy. A federal judge, when such charges have never been brought in front of him, when the factual basis for such a statement was never presented to his court and does not exist, when you have to turn laws into pretzels in order to even make the case, for a federal judge to give an opinion like he's writing an op-ed at the Hill newspaper, the New York Times, is appalling what the judiciary has become. It is appalling. Then Al Sharpton is on the morning schmo show. That just shows you what the morning schmo schmo show is. Al Sharpton. Now he's going to give advice on justice. Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough is the laziest SOB in media. He just sits there. He's got his wife there. He's got a couple of knuckleheads there. Just yes men. Their heads bob up and down so often they hurt their neck. Should be wearing a neck brace. Then he brings in a guest or two. What kind of a show is this? A low-rated show. Cut four, go. When you look at all this evidence, you see just how hey, Joe, serious. Hey, you a lawyer? When, hey, you know, when you look at all the evidence, there's no evidence. This wouldn't be accepted anywhere. There's no truth. This is a one-sided railroad job. No, but when you look at all the evidence, it's just mounting and mounting. It is my deepest hope that if any of these people ever get in trouble, that they face the kind of quote-unquote investigation, inquiry, trial, that they celebrate against others. It really is. Go ahead. See, the, the very clear intent. These people were trying to decapitate our constitutional government Kill the number two highest ranking constitutional. You, know, you, you are, you are. It's very clear to Joe that this is what was taking taking place. Go ahead. Land kill the number three highest ranking constitutional officer in the land, God. and basically leave Donald Trump to be able to do whatever he wants to do to recertify an election. Are you out of your friggin' mind, such as it is? You got carried away all during Russia collusion. You haven't learned your lesson, have you? You should have been fired a long time ago because you're a fraud and a fake. Fired a long time ago. Your hatred for Trump is so obvious. 
The only way you can get away with this is working at MSLSD or CNN, or maybe running the New York Slimes or the Washington Compost. But in the real world, no way. So what he says here. You also see the very clear intent. Nobody has said this. These people were trying to decapitate our constitutional government, kill the number two highest ranking constitutional officer in the land, kill the number three highest ranking constitutional officer in the land, that's Pelosi, basically leave Donald Trump to be able to do whatever he wants and to recertify an election to be a tyrant who actually doesn't have to leave office when the American voters vote him out. And of course, he's saying this to Al Sharpton. Between the two of them, they don't even have half wits. Now, what does Sharpton say? Go ahead. Tyrant who actually doesn't have to leave office when the American voters vote him out. When, when you take a step back, which I did as I watched the hearings yesterday, and remove from it the personalities, whether you like Donald Trump or not, or Mike Pence or not. And think about, we're talking about the president of the United right. States, who we were taught since grade school what that means. Did yeah, what not- were you taught in grade school about what that means? Go ahead. Anyway, try to help spare the life or harm of the vice president of the United States. Right. This is as, as atrocious as it can be in a government. The head of state actually inflaming those that want to take the life of his second in command. This is unheard of. So here we are. We've gone from. He was the head of a coup. To he was coordinating decapitating the Constitution to he either was in on trying to kill Pence or not trying to stop people from killing Pence. Is that what you folks got out of the hearing? Is that what you got out of the hearing? Really sick. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Well, we just posted, so it will become fair for the backbenchers very, very shortly. Too bad we can't copyright on the fly, Mr. Producer. So we now have the Stephen Colbert insurrection. 
as his insurrection team was arrested last night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time for breaching the Capitol. They had been told earlier in the day to leave. They didn't have credentials, press credentials or congressional credentials. And they returned. And apparently they were loitering outside Kevin McCarthy's office, Jim Jordan's office, Lauren Boebert's office, and others uh, for the purpose of doing some kind of skit for the hilariously funny Stephen Colbert. Now, my problem is they were arrested and released. I could have sworn if you're parading or trespassing on Capitol grounds, let alone inside the Capitol building, that you breached security. You breached security. That that was worthy of jail time and a SWAT team if you managed to elude you know, the police. And you sit there until your trial day comes. Now, why were they released? Well, they weren't trying to obstruct the, the vote that was taking place. Well, everybody in the Capitol building on January 6th wasn't trying to do that either. Everyone's an individual and everybody's facts need to be applied to the law. You don't treat people as a group. That's the whole point of a trial. That's the whole point. But no. I wonder if Stephen Colbert and his insurrection team were proud of what they did, Mr. Producer. Maybe we should call them the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys of the Stephen Colbert cast. think it's very funny, don't they? Sure. Who let him in? Who let him in? Word on the street is Adam Schiff, among others, and that other goofball senator from Georgia, the white guy whose name I can't remember. But we'd like to know who let them in. Because they should be held to account, too, don't you think, folks? They didn't have credentials, and they're roaming around at night. I'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest. I was nervous at first, thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. You've heard of Lady Liberty? Well, this is Mr. Liberty. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. It is an amazing thing to watch that the, the Marxists are now fully out of the closet, completely exposing themselves and their dominance over the Democrat Party. 
It's a remarkable thing to watch. Now, drag queens. You can't think of anything that's too extreme, too radical, too perverse, too provocative, that will not now be foisted upon your children. And it's in their textbooks. It's in their lesson plans. Apparently at assemblies now. You have Democrat politicians. The Attorney General of Michigan. The Mayor of New York. And they're just two. Who are promoting. Drag. Shows for kids. In school. You have an MSNBC host promoting it. The media will get fully behind this. This is what happens when you have a complete breakdown of cultural norms. Complete breakdown. Little kids are supposed to be at drag shows. I I was never at a drag show as an adult even. Apparently many people have been, particularly on the radical left side, And they had a good time, and they think everybody else should, including those who are pre-pubescent. I want you to think about this, you parents out there, you grandparents out there. And I think even a lot of Democrats will agree with me that this is just unbelievable. And the, the Democrats don't have the guts to stand up to this. They embrace it. They push it because they believe in it. They believe in it. They're all Joe Biden now. They're all insane. You know, it's just it, it's just a coincidence. We have a guest in Hour 3, Matt Walsh, who's written a book, What is a Woman? One Man's Journey to Answer the Question of a Generation. In a movie of the same name, and you can watch at dailywire.com with a subscription, but we're going to have Matt on the program in about 40 minutes, about a quarter after, 20 after 8. Um because this is a fascinating movie. It's a very, very important movie. And what he does, he does something that we need to get better at. And he does it beautifully. He uses film to expose the insanity of these people. The absolute insanity of these people. Because that's what we're talking about. Now I want to talk about one other thing. And when I talk about this, I know a lot of you roll your eyes, but a lot of you want to hear. Stephen Hayward is a good guy. He's a smart guy. He's a scholar. And he's writing for a site called The Pipeline. It's not about, you know, heroin and uh, Hunter Biden. No, The Pipeline. It's about oil. He points out Senator Joe Biden followed up his war on energy beginning the day he took office with a direct threat wrapped in the flag on Wednesday, demanding in a letter to oil company CEOs that they increase production while complaining about their profit margins. He said there's no question Putin is principally responsible for the intense financial pain the American people and their families are bearing, but at a time of war, Refinery profit margins well above normal being passed directly onto Americans are unacceptable. 
He says his verbally challenged press person, Corinne Jean-Pierre, followed up with a vague threat that Biden might invoke the Defense Production Act or some other executive power. The fate of President Harry Truman's seizure of the steel industry in 1952, which was declared unconstitutional, even by a, by a pro-New Deal Supreme Court, must have fallen out of the Biden White House history books. But in any way, here are the facts. Let me silence that. The facts are important, ladies and gentlemen. Now, not to the Democrat Party base, but to you. Number one, oil production and refining margins are at or slightly below average for all American manufacturing industries. That is, compared to all other industries. Between 5 and 12%, depending on the region and product. And considerably below several other industries that are Democrat favorites because they've gone woke, especially tech. All right, what does that mean? It means their margin of profitability is 5 to 12%. That's it. They're not making historic profits. That is their margin of profitability. Now, how does Hayward know? Because they have to publish their tax returns. ExxonMobil is expected to earn less than one-half as much as Apple this year. Exxon, $41 billion, Apple, $100 billion. And Apple enjoys a much larger profit margin on sales than ExxonMobil. Apple, 26% profit margin in its most recent quarter. ExxonMobil, 6.2%. Keep that in your mind. 6.2%. But liberals never criticize Apple's so-called profiteering or Google or Facebook or any of their favorite corporations. Our refineries are running over 92% of capacity, up from 86% last fall, and will likely reach 95% this month, according to Biden's own energy department. Our refineries cannot increase output much more, even if they want to, because sometimes they go offline for repairs and maintenance, folks. Our refineries cannot increase output much more. And the government never offers to backstop oil companies or refiners when market downturns squeeze their margins close to zero, as periodically happens, such as 2009, when the refining margins collapsed to negative 7%. And there hasn't been a new refinery online in decades. Why? Because the cost of building a refinery is enormous, and it can take up to a decade to build it with all the regulatory and environmental requirements. And then a decade out, what are they looking at? They're looking at the war on refineries, the war on fossil fuels. So when you're a public company, you have a fiduciary duty. If you see what's coming and you hear what's coming and you're told what's coming, to ensure that your company, your business, with all of you shareholders and many of you with their 501Ks, or your IRAs, or whatever it is. These companies cannot just blindly do two things at once. That is, build more refineries, while at the same time being told through taxation, regulation, and verbally, and regulatorily, to change their focus. It's not possible. 
Hayward says it's impossible to exaggerate the ignorance and hubris and greed of the Biden leftists about energy. The Financial Times reported a startling detail a few days ago. When the White House started calling around in a panic, they thought shale oil production could grow sharply in the next term, like in a matter of months or quarters, said Bob McNally, head of the consultancy Rapid Energy. They were shocked to learn that that's like asking for blood from a stone. It's almost impossible. But it's easy to be shocked when you've lost your grip on reality. A CEO of a major American transportation company who agreed to serve on Barack Obama's Council on Jobs and Competitiveness back in 2011. Once privately told me, writes Hayward, that he asked Obama why we didn't encourage more domestic production of oil and natural gas. Obama's answer stunned him. Stephen Chu, the Nobel Prize winning Secretary of Energy, tells me, Obama said, We'll be well on our way to a transition to renewable energy by 2016, so we don't need more oil and gas, said Obama. Biden seems even more self-deluded about oil and gas than Obama, peddling the same dreamy nonsense about energy. He said that high gasoline prices were part of the incredible transition toward a world of renewable energy that won't need fossil fuels, but the rise of gas prices has set off political alarms in the White House, prompting the administration to try to make nice with domestic oil and gas and even with the Saudis, otherwise a pariah state for this administration. Hope they'll increase production. But how can they? They can't. Because if you don't refine the oil, it's unusable. And we're not building any new refineries any more than we're building any more nuclear power plants that provide electricity, any more than we're expanding coal production that provides electricity. And if we have a greater demand on electricity, where's it going to come from? We are headed for a brick wall at 120 miles an hour. That's what Biden has done. It's not Putin's war against Ukraine. It's not because it's a worldwide issue. It's because of Biden and the Green New Deal, climate change, no growth radicals that are in his administration and run the Democrat Party. They're getting what they want, but they see they're going to lose an election over it. And so they're trying to do both. That is, drive up the price while blaming somebody else but trying to get and look like they're getting more oil in the country by going overseas. What a disaster. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand, the 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. 
So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Representative Ro Kahana, he's all over TV, this guy. He's all over TV. He was on CNBC today. And Ro is an expert on all things, just ask him. But particularly oil, apparently. Cut seven, go. Position is that we want to diversify. Look, if the oil companies had been honest about global warming and had diversified since the 1970s, we would have had much more stable uh, Ro, price. Ro, Ro, Ro. In the 1970s, the so-called experts were not talking about global warming. They were talking about global cooling. I have the original articles with me. So what do you mean if they were honest, Ro? See, if they were honest 50 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, we wouldn't be where we are today. 50 years ago, we were trying to become energy independent because of OPEC. They were blackmailing us. The oil companies were supposed to do what? We didn't have battery technology, solar technology, any of these technologies of the sort they talk about. You see, these big government types, these big government types are always, if only, if only, and now give me more of your liberty and give me more of your money. Give me more of your liberty and give me more of your money. These oil companies have put tens of billions of dollars and we got fracking, which is clean. A way of getting more, more oil and natural gas out of the ground. Brilliant. Made us energy independent. What did the, the left do? They started suing them to stop them. They claimed that there was the spoiling of water wells, which was a lie. Which was a lie. They never support or contribute to our technological advances. Anyway, go ahead. Any problem to say 1%, 2% of your long-term investments should be in renewables and diversification? What do you mean 1% or 2% should be in renewables and diversification? Like I said, who does he think funds the technological advances? Why does he think? That carbon dioxide, quote-unquote pollution, even though carbon dioxide is not a pollutant, is lower in this country than in any other advanced industrialized nation. Where does he think that comes from? The EPA? But look how they have all the answers, how they rewrite history. Go ahead. The export ban would work for two reasons. Here's what the oil companies they say. They say we make light shale oil right now here. Uh, we, we, we don't produce the crude oil. Most of our refineries are for crude oil. But you could have... Now, here's what the oil companies have said, Ro. The left-wing bastards in this country have prevented them from building more refineries. And same with the federal bureaucracy backed by the left-wing politicians who keep talking about leases like Obama used to talk about. But don't give out permits so they can drill. We're on to you guys. Completely 100%. I'll be right back.
Folks, Father's Day is here, and there isn't a better gift, trust me, I know this, than Omaha Steaks. Visit omahasteaks.com, type in Levin, L-E-V-I-N, in the search bar, and you can save over 50% when you order the Dad's Want Steaks package. For just $99, this limited-time package includes 16 entrees he's guaranteed to love, like smoky, tender, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, gourmet jumbo franks, and the air-chilled boneless chicken breast. Isn't your mouth watering about now? And for dessert, you know, we dads like dessert, caramel apple tartlets. And it's a special gift for my listeners when you type in Levin in the search bar and order the Dads Want Steaks package. You'll also get eight, eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. Seriously, you can't beat the value of this deal, and you can't beat the taste of this meat. It's never too late to send Dad Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com, type in Levin into the search bar, save over 50% when you order the Dads Want Steaks package. You'll get 16 entrees, four desserts, eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. That's a lot. Order today. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword Levin, L-E-V-I-N. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Let's see here, Mr. Producer. Matt Walsh will be here shortly. Talk about his movie, What is a Woman? Uh, It really is. I mean, I've only seen, what is it, a five or six minute clip, but it is unbelievable. But I want to get into this now. China launches high-tech aircraft carrying naval milestone. Ladies and gentlemen, every day and night when I prepare for this program, and Mr. Produce will tell you, gets emails at 3 or 4 in the morning. If I'm up, I'm looking at these things. There is a story, at least one, often two or three, on what communist China is doing in building up its military and its national security against the United States. The things that its top leaders, both in the military and out, are saying about what they plan to do and about the United States, it's everywhere. Some of it's in American media. Much of it is in overseas media. Communist China is a grave, grave threat to this country. And not just economically and technologically, militarily. AP is a story here. China launches high-tech aircraft carrier and naval milestone. They launched a new generation aircraft carrier today. The first such ship to be both designed and built in China. It seeks to extend the range of power of its navy. It's the Type 003 carrier. Chris and Fujian left its dry dock at a shipyard outside Shanghai in the morning and tied up at a nearby pier. It, uh, it's equipped with the latest weaponry, aircraft launch technology. Capabilities are thought to rival those of Western aircraft carriers. As Beijing seeks to turn to its navy, already the world's largest, 
and seeks to turn it into a multi-carrier force. So this is the first of a bunch. And satellite imagery captured by Planet Labs, PBC, on Thursday and analyzed by the AP showed the carrier in what appeared to be a full flooded dry dock at the Jinan shipyard near Shanghai, ready for launch. Ready for launch. This is an important milestone for China's military-industrial complex, said Ridswan Ramat, a Singapore-based analyst with the defense intelligence company Jane's. This shows that Chinese engineers are now able to indigenously manufacture the full suite of surface combatants associated with modern naval warfare, including corvettes, frigates, destroyers, amphibious assault ships, and now an aircraft carrier. And this ability to construct a very complex warship from the ground up will inevitably result in various spin-offs and benefits for the Chinese shipbuilding industry. And the first carrier, China's, was a repurposed Soviet ship. Its second was built in China, but based upon a Soviet design. Both were built to employ a so-called sky jump launch method for aircraft. But this one like our carriers, has a catapult launch, which experts said appears to be an electromagnetic-type system, like one originally developed by the United States Navy. So it steals it. China's official news agency confirmed that they've employed the electromagnetic system in a report on Friday's launch. These catapults allow aircraft deployed to carry a more extensive load of weapons in addition to external fuel tanks. And once it's fully operational, the plant's third carrier would also be able to deploy a more complete suite of aircraft associated with... You get the point. They've stolen their way to advanced technology. They are claiming the South China Sea. They have built phony islands and have militarized them. Half of the world's commerce goes through that area, what is international waters, which now China claims, and it's threatening our ships. The U.S. Navy has sailed warships past artificial islands China built in the sea that are equipped with airstrips. Other military facilities, China insists its territory extends to those islands into the South China Sea, while the U.S. Navy says it conducts the missions there to ensure the free flow of international trade. And in its report to the U.S. Congress last year on China's military capabilities, the Department of Defense said the carrier development program was critical to the Chinese Navy's continued development into a global force, gradually extending its operations beyond East Asia into a sustained ability to operate at increasingly longer ranges. Recent years, China has expanded its presence into the Indian Ocean, the Western Pacific and beyond, setting up its first overseas base over the last decade in the African Horn Nation of Djibouti, where the U.S., Japan, and others also maintain a military presence. It also recently signed a security agreement with the Solomon Islands. My great-uncle fought there at Guadalcanal that many fear could give it an outpost in the South Pacific and is working with Cambodia on expanding a port facility there 
that could give it a presence in the Gulf of Thailand. So this is a big deal. Now they currently have 355 ships, including submarines, and the U.S. estimates the force will grow to 420 ships by 2025 and 460 ships by 2030. Why do you think they're doing that, folks? Despite having the world's largest navy numerically, however, they're nowhere near the capabilities of the U.S. Navy, they say. That's how they end the story. Our media, our Congress, our president are not focused on this. Our public, you, we are just trying to survive. Because we're shot in the foot every single day as a nation by this president and his party and his media. There was no need for this inflation, no need for this economic turmoil. There is a need to focus on building up the United States military in every way possible. The Chinese are preparing for war. Hear me. And they're preparing for war with us. Nobody else. They don't need that kind of military might for Taiwan. Even Japan. Or the Philippines. Or Vietnam. It's for us. These outer posts, these naval posts, it's for intended to control navigable waterways and channels and to be able to strike us from anywhere. I am deeply, deeply, gravely concerned that we're losing the American century from the last century. And we're handing it over to the communist Chinese. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Matt Walsh is a great patriot. He's a fighter. He wrote a book, What is a Woman? One Man's Journey to Answer the Question of a Generation. Then he did a movie. What is a woman? And you can find it at dailywire.com with a subscription. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing great, Mark. How are you? Good. Um, this is quite a movie. I've seen, I've seen the, uh, the clip. I have to wait for my wife to get back home so I can see the whole movie. She's out of the country right now with her mother. Tell the audience about it because it really, you're able to do something that we need to do more. You've taken a very, very serious issue. It remains a serious issue, but you show the insanity of the people who are pushing this issue. Explain a little bit. Yeah, well, this is this is really you know, the, the basic idea of the movie is to explore gender ideology and uh, to begin with, like how how far how pervasive has this gotten? Um, and we discover in the film as we go around and talk to various people all across the country and really we go across the world that this is just everywhere. Uh, this kind of gender lunacy. But then what we also want to want to show is that is that uh, although this idea has taken hold of the country and certainly taken hold of all of our institutions, especially academia, media, Hollywood, you know, the government, um, 
it is totally hollow at its core. So that's where the, the title and you know, the question, the title, what is a woman comes from. It's, it's, if you just ask that simple question, the entire house of cards of gender ideology comes collapsing down because they say that, uh, you know, a man says, I identify as a woman. All you have to respond is, well, what do you, what is that? What is a woman? What do you mean by that? How do you define that term? And they can't define it. So uh, because they're using words, they can't define the entire thing just falls apart. So we, we go in the, in the movie, we talked to lots of so-called experts. We asked them very basic questions, very basic about this viewpoint, about this ideology, this claim that they're making. And what we find is that uh, not only can they not answer what is woman, they actually can't answer any questions at all about any of this. And uh, we show that in the movie. It's quite, uh, quite, quite interesting. And did this really come to a head during the uh, hearings for uh, Judge Jackson to be on the Supreme Court, the absolute idiocy of her response when she was asked to define a woman? Yeah, that's uh, and that was a really interesting thing is that we had been really for the last year before that, we had been filming this documentary, What is a Woman? And then right around the time when we, we were going to announce it, that this moment happens at the Supreme Court. So it's just kind of divine providence, I think, in some ways, that all this lined up. But what, what happened uh, when Marsha Blackburn asked that question is exactly what happens to us over and over again when we're asking, when, and we're asking not Supreme Court justices, but people who are supposed to be ex- so-called experts in this field. And the reason why Kentaji Jackson gave the ridiculous answer of I'm not a biologist is that she, she recognizes sort of the, uh, the corner that she's backed into because of her ideology. Obviously, she knows what a woman is, but she can't say it. She can't say what it is. Uh, because if she says it, then she'll be accused of transphobia and she's anti-LGBT and all these other things. So she has to find a way to dance around it. And so she came up with, I'm not a biologist. Um, in the film, we have, we, there's many other answers that we get of, of ways of sort of evading the question. But what none of them can do is actually address the question head on. Because I think at some level they know that uh, all of this stuff is just utterly absurd and self-contradictory. And so they have to kind of find find ways around it. Absurd and self-contradictory, rejected by the vast majority of the American people. Yet it's being foisted on us. It's being imposed on us. How do we explain this? Yeah, that's exactly that's that's one of the big things I think needs to be explained. And I, I think that uh, for a lot of us, we look at everything that's happening with gender now and gender fluidity. And we think that, well, this it seems like it came out of nowhere five, six, maybe 10 years ago at most. It just came onto the scene out of nowhere. And uh, that's when it, when it entered the mainstream, I think. But one thing we do in the film is we trace the history of this stuff. And what you find is that actually this has been percolating um, for decades. And, uh, you know, you could kind of decide how far back you want to go. In the film, we go back to the mid-20th century, guys like Alfred Kinsey and John Money. Um, there are people who came up with these ideas of like gender identity, gender fluidity. There are people who coined these terms, came up with them. And you can go back and research them and find out why they came up with these ideas, who, what kind of people these were. And, um, and then and it, it kind of, I think, clarifies some of what's happening now. And then I think what happened is that they came up with these ideas and they were seeded sort of into the institutions and, uh, and percolating there. And, and then about five to 10 years ago, that's when they kind of exploded onto the mainstream. So the, so it's, it's a misconception a lot of us have that it, that it came out of nowhere five to 10 years ago. Um, it, it actually could be traced back, I think, further than that. Is it part of this hate America crowd that uh, wants to like destroy the nuclear family and traditions and faith and that sort of thing? 
I think absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what you've, well, that, that's the left in general is that they don't they don't really have a vision for uh, for anything. Well, all they want to do is destroy. It really is. It's a, it's an ideology of destruction. They want to destroy things and replace them with nothing. Right. I mean, they they, they uh, tear down the statues and, and replace the statues with nothing or at least, a, you know, maybe a mural of George Floyd or something. They They empty words of definitions and then replace that word with with nothing, with no new meaning. Um, so I think that that's what it is. That this that's what this ideology largely is. It's about destroying the nuclear family, and, and you know what else? It's also about destroying any concept of truth. And we encounter that in the film over and over again. That every single one of these conversations eventually boils down to, uh, well, whose truth are we talking about? We all have our own truth. You know, eventually it boils down to this kind of rejection of um, any shared reality or any shared truth. Now. You've been. How long did it take you to make this movie? We were. Uh, we, we we took about a year. I mean, we we started this uh, last summer, and we went. Uh, we went. Started in California. We went across the country. Eventually, we even went all the way to um, Africa. We went to a, a, a traditional yeah, tribe in Africa. That. Yeah. Yeah. We and kind of the idea there is we wanted to go outside of the Western modern liberal bubble and uh, just sort of present these ideas to people who've never encountered them before. And what we found is that uh, it's very interesting when you try to explain an idea to someone who has no frame of reference at all and has never heard of it, it really shows just how absurd the ideas are. And that's, that's part, part of why we went there. The other reason we went also is that um, the left often claims that absurdly that the gender binary itself, the so-called gender binary is mm-hmm. a Western construct. And that if you go outside of that, that, you know, all of these uh, traditional cultures have really progressive and fluid ideas of gender. So we wanted to test that also. And we found that that claim is obviously completely ludicrous. You know, I, I certainly haven't uh, delved into this like you, but I have found in some instances anyway, certainly with the loudest among them, they are connected to this Marxist agenda, the CRT and things like that. Did you find that too? Yeah, I think it's all connected together. I mean, certainly Marxism, I think it's connected to critical race theory. Um, it, it's similar in a, in a certain way that just like critical race theory, you know, the, the left always claims that uh, critical race theory, is, it doesn't exist in the, in, this, in the lower grades. It's just something in the, in the colleges and in, uh, in the university system. And, of course, they're, they're not telling the truth there. I mean, that's where it begins, but then it filters down into grade school and then into the larger culture. And it's the same thing with, gender theory um and also i would say that again i mean this is all of this is really about destroying um the institutions that they don't like destroying the family destroying notions of objective truth objective morality judeo-christian values and all of that i mean but ultimately that's that i think is the underlying goal with with really all of this stuff how's this movie doing by the way uh it's you know it's been uh it's done extraordinarily well to be honest with you it's we we i've been pretty um blown away by the reaction i i I knew that we had something special and that would resonate with people and my my hope is that it would get beyond sort of the conservative bubble and make it out into the mainstream uh, world and and so far it seems i've done that can you hold on uh till after the break here yeah absolutely talking to matt walsh this movie what is a woman you can watch it at dailywire.com with a subscription. I'm going to do it this week, and it's obviously fantastic. We'll be right back. 
In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Mark Levin, America's... Think Tank. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. The movie is What is a Woman? And if you want to watch it, go to whatisawoman.com. Whatisawoman.com. I strongly encourage you to do it. And we're with Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh, now we have all this pronoun stuff going on, and kids are going to be suspended and punished and so forth. I mean, it gets awfully confusing out there. I mean... My argument has been bring as many lawsuits as you can, that you have a right to free speech, and that they don't have the right to tell you how to speak. What do you make of this? Well, I totally agree with you. Uh, that's that's part of the, the the fight back that needs to be uh, needs to be launched in this country. And and you talk about the free speech issues here. Like it's it's bad enough when you're told that you can't say something, and that's a, that's also a big part of enforcing gender ideology and imposing it on people is telling them what they can't say. But in this case, telling them what they have to say and not only, you know, coercing people into speech, imposing speech on them, but also you are requiring them to say things that are not true. And I think that's a really important detail in all this is um, is that this is what you're being told is that if someone has a quote preferred pronoun and that pronoun is uh, not accurate, according to their biology, that you have to say it and sort of participate in their self-perception. So a man who says, call me she, now his, because that's how he perceives himself, now it's, that's my project now. I, I have to be, be, a, be, a, be a part of his self-perception and sort of reinforce it. And the whole idea is just completely ridiculous. And obviously when you get into enforcing this legally or, or uh, penalizing people for not participating, then it becomes a, a very serious constitutional issue too, I think. Now we have Biden and the federal government and bureaucracy in a lot of states literally imposing this. I mean, Biden tying it to the school lunch program and things of this. What is what is with this guy? All of a sudden he's pushing this agenda. Yeah, I I wish that somebody would ask any of these Democrats who have been in the public eye for so long and they've been in office, various offices for so long. And uh, the thing is that none of them 
said anything about any of this. None of them said anything about transgenderism. None of them said anything about gender. They never said anything about pronouns up until about five years ago. And now they're pretending that it's some sort of like lifelong passion that they, they, they care so deeply about. I would love for someone in the media to just ask somebody like Joe Biden and just ask him, say, say you know, uh, Mr. President, at what point did you start to believe that, let's say, men can get pregnant? At what point did you start to believe that gender is fluid? Because if I look back at your history and you, you, we've got like 50 years of you in public eye, you never said anything about it. And now all of a sudden, this is what you believe. What changed your mind on this? And uh, I'd love for someone to ask one of these guys that question, because the answer is that it's not like there was some sort of scientific breakthrough that changed their mind. And they realized that, oh, you know what? Actually, gender is fluid and men are women and women are men. It's just this was a political calculation on their part. And that's what makes it so much worse is that I, I think that when it comes to the gender ideologues, there are people who are the tr- who are actually true believers and are really, really bought into this, have bought into the cult. But even worse are the cynical people like Biden and so many other mainstream Democrats who know that it's completely bogus and ridiculous. And yet they still have bought into it for uh, for political reasons, obviously. And that that to me makes it uh, even worse. Now, you spent some time dealing with the Loudoun County School Board, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Remind everybody about how that went. Yeah, this was in, in Loudoun County. Uh, first of all, Loudoun County passed in, in Virginia. You know, they, and they by the way, that's the my schools. county, for God's sakes. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and they, and they passed uh, some a number of ordinances about this, of course, requiring that men, that boys be allowed into girls' restrooms, also imposing the pronoun thing. You know, there, there are going to be penalties now for um, if you, quote, misgender someone by using their correct pronoun. This includes teachers, too. I mean, they've been firing teachers who won't go along with it. But in the midst of all this in Loudoun County, um, they had there was a sexual assault that happened of a a girl was sexually assaulted in a bathroom by a boy um, in the midst of all of this. And even before they officially approved this new policy of opening the bathrooms up to boys, that's when the rape happened before this. So they went ahead with the policy, knowing that this assault had happened. And they even publicly during school board meetings denied that there were any issues with assaults whatsoever. And uh, that eventually the truth came out. The Daily Wire did uh, an investigative report revealing all of this. I mean, it's a huge scandal that they not only did this happen, but uh, they put this policy in place after it happened, then lied about it and covered it up. And um, only because of, you know, uh, conservative journalists did any of this even come to light. But didn't you subsequently speak to this board? I did. Yeah, I, I wanted to speak at uh, Loudoun County and uh, just speak out against this, this ridiculousness. And uh, right before I showed up, they they changed the rules and they said that you have to be a resident in Loudoun County in order to speak, which was never the rule until about a week before I, I was going to show up. So then I just went ahead and rented um, an apartment in Loudoun County for like a week so that I could go. You know, so technically I'm a resident, so I could speak at the Loudoun County School Board. Uh, and of course, they put. You know, they, this is what they do now at the school boards because there's this movement of parents actually speaking out and um, taking interest in their children's education. And so the school boards put all these obstacles in the way, and it's all arbitrary, and it's totally transparent what they're doing. What they're doing, but um, it's all an effort to you know shut down parents. So, folks, I want to encourage you. It's a great weekend to do it. To go to whatisawoman.com and uh, and go through the process of watching this movie. And maybe showing it to uh, your family members. What is a woman.com? I have it on my uh, various social sites. 
Matt, great job and good luck to you. Do you have another project going or you probably can't talk about it or you need a little rest or what? Uh, I've got a couple of ideas. We've we got to think of something that's going to be even more offensive <laughs> to the left than this. So we've got to work on it. All right. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. You be well. That's whatisawoman.com. Whatisawoman.com. I strongly encourage you to dig into this. I'm going to. Many of you have already, I know. Tony in Missouri, XM Satellite. Tony, go. Hey, buddy. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I have a lot of respect and admiration for you. Um, you. So uh, you and Matt were talking about uh, how the administration is now delving into the uh, pronouns and, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, And my thought is, is that, you know, you're wondering why. I think because they're losing the Latino vote and the black vote in droves that they are looking at uh, other neglected voter bases, uh, LGBTQ and other. And how many people? How many? Tr- how many trans people can there be? Seriously. Well, and that's why I say and others because I I definitely agree with you there. I don't think that the loss of the Latino and the black vote um, is is compensated for by just the LGBTQ community. Um, you know. So, but the, where? What else are they going to turn to? They're 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 quaking in their boots, and so. Well, my 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 own thinking is this is again part of the. Really, not in all cases, but this American Marxist movement. This, in this case, to attack the family structure. That's not to say everybody who is LGBTQ supports that, but it is to say that there are organizations that believe that they line up behind the Democrat Party and everything, and this is just a break off from that, like the. Uh, like the phony climate change anti-capitalist uh, degrowthers, like the critical race theory, and like a thousand other things. These are these are these uh, offspring of Marxism, and so Marx talks very bluntly. I'm sure they won't know this at the Washington Compost or New York Slimes, or they might, but they'll mock anybody who says it. You know, you got to destroy the nuclear family. You have to destroy what is. You've got to change the culture. You've got to change the society. You've got to destroy the so-called norms, whether it's a white dominant society or a a, a society with uh, two sexes or whatever it is. And when you read some of the history of, of, of some of the writings of the people who push these ideas, they say there's no reason there are binary sexes. That's just what the white dominant society has imposed on us. That's just what the Judeo-Christian attitude has imposed on us. Who says it's right? Who says it's moral? Who says I'm not right and moral when I do this and when I do that? So it's a complete attack on, on, the, uh, on the foundational principles of the country. Right, right. I believe that subversion and the attack of the nuclear family has led us uh, to a lot of what's going on in the LGBTQ community, because if you look at the breakdown of the nuclear family, you know, uh, you know, mom and dad and, you know, wholesome family, this, that, and the other, you know, uh, the morals go right out the window. And now everything that was taboo or, you mean um, like drag queens in the classroom? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's sad. It's just, you mean like pornographic books in the library? Yes, sir. Absolutely. It's going to hell, and it's going to hell fast. Great call, my friend. I really appreciate you, Tony. i got to move quickly. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
ladies and gentlemen. The weekend is upon us. Now, what are you going to do with the price of gasoline in this country? And I'm told it's a three-day weekend. Is that right, Mr. Producer? Oh, it's Juneteenth. That's Monday? Well, isn't the 19th tomorrow? No, tomorrow. Today's the 17th? Okay, so Juneteenth is Sunday, but Juneteenth is celebrated on June 20th? So it's a federal holiday. So the government will be closed on Juneteenth, which is actually June 20th. And uh, I always remember when they were going to shut down the government, even for one day, what a horrific thing that was going to be, remember? And yet apparently it's not so horrific anymore. President Trump has said, I want equal time on this January 6th committee. I want equal time. You think they'll give him equal time? No, that's not what this is about. It's not about equal time at all. I spent a lot of time on my opening statement this Sunday as I did last, but I approached this in a very different way. I hope you'll watch us on Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't watch it live, you can record it. It's the number one primetime show on Sunday night. But it's because I get into things like this. We have Degan McDowell. She's going to be on, and she's really, really good. You've seen her on Fox. And the first and only member of the House of Representatives actually born in Ukraine. She's terrific, too. All right, here we go. America.
folks. The week is officially over. The weekend begins now. Please don't forget Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. DVR it right now. Get it ready if you can't watch it live. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker friends, our Ukrainian friends. God bless you. Good night, Spready. Good night, Griffey and Pepsi. Good night, Smokey and Zelda and all my other beautiful dogs and Barney. Good night, Dad, Mom, Leo, and Joe. And America, good night.